Hey, Jeremy. Hi, Raphael. Hey. So, this is our first podcast episode. I'm in New York, and you are... I'm in Toronto. Yeah. And we've never podcasted before, or have you? No, I have zero experience podcasting, but I, you know, I, I did a lot of videos on YouTube, so... Yeah, and you've done radio interviews. I've done a few radio interviews in, yeah, in, like, radio studios, and I've done, like, I've been interviewed by tape recorder or whatever they call yeah. digital media recorders. Yes, we're children of media. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I, today's episode is about podcasting, like... When you well, this is our first podcast, yeah, right? So. Yeah. So hopefully it's the first, but hopefully there will be many. But I thought it would be interesting to talk about podcasting uh, itself, just like your first post on Medium might be about writing and your first YouTube might be like, hello, this is my channel and this is why I use video. Yeah, I mean, just even the, the story behind why we're talking to each other, uh, why we're even doing this, is, I think is interesting as well. I mean, mm -hmm. both of us are famously uh, famous, but also really famously lazy, <laughs> I think. I mean, your favorite thing to do with me, I think, when I'm in New York is go get some tea and Japanese food um, yeah. and then walk around and talk. And we do a lot of talking, but not a lot of uh, doing sometimes. Yeah, and that's why we're poor. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how we ended up where we are today. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, um, so the point of a podcast is to keep talking. Yeah, I think you have to keep people entertained and informed. Uh, apparently, like podcast usage, I was just looking up some stats yeah. online. It, it's increasing every year. In fact, more people listen to podcasts than Spotify in the United States. It's wow. like 21% yeah, of Americans. I feel like podcast is this silent, slowly growing being that nobody really talks about that much. It's it's even kind of awkward or, or weird that to admit that you listen to podcasts. It's just kind of weird. It's like people will always say like, "Oh, you got to check this YouTube. It's so funny." And nobody is that loud about their podcast, but they somehow it's growing. I mean, it depends. There's some podcasts that I listen to. I think where yeah, I'll listen to it in secret, and then I find out someone else listens to it. Uh, yeah, but that's very different from, from other internet aspects because Instagram, everybody immediately is like, oh, you got to try this. It's so fun. Yeah. Well, you're not clicking the share button. And, and I think also a lot of people listen to podcasts on their way to and from work, which is a, you know, sort of a private time. Yeah. <laughs> sort of a soul searching moment in once. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like the, the, reason, a, the reason I wanted to do a podcast is I have a folder with essays that I start but never finish. And right. Are they the, just the titles of the essays? I never asked. No, about. I also make notes. So they're all text files. They start on my phone and I'll be like, I should write an essay about color. Mm -hmm. And the problem for me with essays is that it's a monologue and I like the idea of a dialogue. So a, a monologue is kind of like, well, I have so many important thoughts that uh, you should definitely listen. Right. And a dialogue means that at least one person is listening and responding. So that's what I like about this. I guess a dialogue in a book is an interview. Um, mm. Like there are books of, of sort of interviews. A memoir would be like, yeah, like a mon. Or maybe your essays are more monologues than dialogues, or dialogues with yourself. Well, something. if you if you would want to write <clears throat> about the influence of uh, shared video on uh, and and what that aspect of sharing does to a maker of video, mm -hmm. that would be more of a monologue. Then I see what you're saying. And so, like, you're really interested in um, 
critiquing sort of cultural trends or yeah, so like, there is a real essay aspect. Yeah, investigating. Yeah, that's a better word. That's an artist term. <laughs> is it? Exploring, investigating. Uh, I, I find the word critique and critic so strange that you by mm. default have like 70% or 80% of your output will be negative. Right, right, right. It's like I have well, a profession that is basically most of the time complaining <laughs> and if I praise something I'll still break it down to make sure people understand I'm smarter than the author. Right, yeah. It's the I always say the especially in the art world, right? The art world's the only uh only industry that blames their audience <laughs> and also <laughs> criticizes their peers. <laughs> yeah. It's like no one is as good as me. Well, That's everyone's like for, trying to outsmart the other, yeah. or outdumb them, or yeah. But in show business, you know, it, like if you go see a great comedian or a musician, the first thing they do is they thank their audience, like "thank yeah. you so much." It doesn't no ma matter how famous they are. But the, the same artist in that context would be like, "I'm not going out there. <laughs> I don't think they're going <laughs> to the, appreciate this." <laughs> there's a funny episode. Do you watch the Jim Gaffigan show? Yeah, we've talked about that before. I, haven't, yeah. I still haven't really picked it up. It's not as good as a stand-up, but there's one episode where he, for some reason, is not on the list of the 100 most funny re uh, contemporary comedians in New York, like the, the, the top 100 comedians in New York. And he's not on that list, so he feels kind of weird, but he's like, oh, I don't care about these stupid lists. And then he starts to ask his friends, he's like, do you know why I'm not on that list? I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then he walks into the journalist who makes that list and they're all super hipster underground comedian elitist and he feels this urge to prove himself to that community and the community is like very deep in Brooklyn in a sort of squat and there's like a microphone on the floor and there's a jaded audience of three people who are totally bored all the time and anything he says is not cool enough and that seems <laughs> that's the art attitude <laughs> yeah it's definitely it I but mean, that, but that, I, I want to tie that into the idea of SEO and a large audience, which is counter to the mechanics of art, where you would want to find a, not the many, but the few that matter. Right. So, yeah, I, I, you and I have had a lot of conversations about SEO. And I guess I should say, in the first place, to start the conversation around SEO, we should mention that you know we wanted this podcast sort of to be about two themes, like the conversations that we have. And those two themes actually have a little bit of SEO. So those two themes are art and technology, right? And if you look at you know the Venn diagram of audiences, mm -hmm. the the technology audience is massive, right? That's everybody. Um, yeah, but we can't we can't work. We're not going to compete there, right? Like that. There's The Verge. There's all. There's there's like there's a million different podcasts that are doing. Well, really I, well I feel like anyone who starts listening to podcasts probably does so because they're interested in technology. Oh, you think so? But there's tons of like literary podcasts and stuff. I think yeah. anyone that we know because we surround ourselves with other media artists, uh, probably that's true. Yeah. Um, and my favorite, a lot of my favorite podcasts are, are nerdy sort of tech podcasts. Yeah. But then, you know, with anything you want to, you know, that's where you can't get in, you can find sort of a niche. And I think like, you know, b both of us being artists, art and technology potentially, in my opinion, would have, uh, there's an audience for that, a much smaller audience, but I think it could be bigger. I, I have this general, as an artist, you try to avoid the word art to describe your work, or at least <laughs> yeah. I do. It's yeah. not, I mean, you do, you, you put up on your homepage a famous new media artist, so that, that covers everything. You're famous, well, a, yeah, you use new media, and you're an artist. 
that's the first rule of uh, of any brand, and, and I put that on my website obviously as a joke, um, and it's for SEO. I wanted, you know, originally I just wanted that if you typed in uh, famous new media artists, like you might type in famous painters, that yeah. I would be at the top of Google. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. Which is true. I the full first page of Google the last time I checked was all my name. Yeah, but then um, not that many people are looking for famous new media artists. Yeah, that's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> no one ever types it. <laughs> yeah. Except yeah. Me. yeah, yeah. Well, but the other aspect is uh, with internet art. The the cool thing about it is that the art context is not implied. So people might run across a piece of internet art and not even realize it's intended as art. It's just there's this weird thing on the web where there's a thing and I look at it and it does something. But yeah, and I think yeah. I, I, I mean it's so different from any any other place either a magazine or a blog or any any other place that where the art context is implied mm -hmm. yeah i mean because there's such a it's such a like vast landscape right with and there's the internet i think one of the great things about it is it introduced so many niches right like so many mm -hmm. little slivers of interest and i think it's the only reason I exist uh, because I couldn't really. No one else would put up with you. Yeah, like the ideas that I had. Exactly. <laughs> people, all, I mean, most of my career, if I can call it that, uh, people have given me strange looks when I describe what I do, right? Mm -hmm. And so it, yeah. there wasn't really. And, it, and if I did have a show, and I think we should admit this for our audiences, right? Like a lot, maybe not for you, Raphael, but a lot of the shows that I do, it would be like, certainly early on, like one person would show up, three people, even still sometimes I have openings and it's like 10 yeah. people. I, I went all the way to Austria a couple years ago and only two people that the curator forced to come there, you know? <laughs> and uh, so Yeah, I but you got to make the, the show. Yeah, yeah, I had a piece in the show and then I performed for the curator basically and the other artists that were there. And But actually, and it, it wasn't like any less important to me because just getting to do that often feels like um i don't know there's some reward in it i don't really do it for an audience which is i think why you you know when we started to talk about seo and we were talking about names for the show and i i had talked to some other podcasters and they had said oh you really got to get that seo down like it has to be called the art and tech podcast by Raphael rosenthal and jeremy bailey and you're like, I could give zero fucks. I don't know if I'm allowed well, to say Well, yeah, yeah, no. The, the top reason why I didn't want to have the words art or tech in the name of the podcast is because I don't like those words. So mm -hmm. I find the word tech overused. Like, yeah. like Craigslist is not technology. It's, it's just <laughs> those little ads from the newspaper, on, but then on the computer. That's not Technology is like sending a monkey to the moon. Uh-huh. That's technology. But like an HTML page, that's not technology. Well, it begs the question, like, I wonder when paper was invented, whether the Chinese were like exactly. this yeah. new media. And, yeah. <laughs> well, it, my, my father, he's an art teacher. He always talks about the pencil. It's only the lead pencil is about 150 or 200 years old. It's about the same time as photography. So it's a pretty new medium. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, what is new media? So it, it, that's why I thought art and tech... Uh, should not be in the title of the podcast, but basically for cool factor. So, so what is the title of our podcast? Well, I was looking at different uh, words that were available. I can read up a few of them. Yeah, we had a bunch of ideas, and I think, and then I, I think I think we came to some consensus around around 
you know, one that seemed familiar or like, uh, I'm going to use like, uh, another word that I hate authentic or something, mm-hmm. you know, that felt right. Yeah. Um, but, um, we had bleep bloop, autocorrect, unimportant, blah, blah, yada, 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 yeah, but, <laughs> and I, I checked a lot of names that were available and then I kind of like yeah yeah but now that I hear it again <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> maybe but it's the way, yeah, maybe it's because the way you said it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but yeah and <laughs> like then your point it, doesn't matter and then what? good point was available so I was it, also I showed the list of names to Christina and good point stuck out for her like it's easy to remember oh yeah so for our listeners Christina is your wife your beautiful wife and designer yeah. she's a fantastic designer mm-hmm um, and I so I only say that to paraphrase, you know, that uh, that I trust her opinion. I think she's a tastemaker. Yeah. Um, so I would I would definitely trust that. I often trust Krista and my own wife. Yeah. In that regard, more than my own internal voice. <laughs> quite well, often. also full disclosure, Jeremy uh, married us. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I. I uh, so we're both well, I performed we're both the new media artists, and we're both married. Mm-hmm. To foreign yeah, wives? We, yeah, we should definitely say, you know, right now we're off the market. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> exactly. No, but there's a lot of uh, similarity in our uh, way of living. We're, well, yeah, we're both fo- foreigners married to Americans, right? Yeah, yeah. But then you don't live in the U.S. No, but yeah. I could one day. Who knows? I have lived in the U.S. In the oh, yeah, you market. went to school in the U.S. Yeah. yeah, and you've talked about moving back to the Netherlands, so. yeah. It, I go on and off. Uh, that's that could be the next podcast. Should be about places to live. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's something we talk about all the time because you're always trying to get convince me to come to New York, and then I'm always well. You 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 always want people to come to Toronto, and then you're like, no I'll pay ever... for your ticket, please that's come. Right. <laughs> no one takes you up on it. I think it. it's a terrible marketing uh, idea. Free tickets to stay with Jeremy. It's just zero people have taken me up on that. It's very <laughs> yeah. strange. You should put up an ad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the I'm like Iceland or like Estonia or yeah. something. Like, I mean, just, I, I could like, talk for for days about uh, places to live, but today we focus on uh, the medium of podcasting, or should we just talk about anything? No, well, let's get back to this point. So the point, uh, the good, good point, point maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe good point. And the reason that name resonated with me is that you and I, as you know, the privilege of being an artist, someone once told me is you're never going to make a lot of money, but you're going to get to travel the world and you're going to get to make friends with people all over the world. And I think you and I can both safely say almost any city in the world we go to, there's someone that knows, maybe knows who we are, who we're already friends with and is willing to sit down and have a drink uh, or coffee or tea with us and the conversations that we get to have are amazing they're re- like it's something that I I can't I couldn't imagine living without it's almost like the reason I continue to make uh, art without uh, any return on investment from you a just monetary really stake. raise the stakes on the for the listeners because you're talking about conversations being amazing and now they're listening to this podcast <laughs> they're like really is this amazing conversation <laughs> this guy's life is really boring and the punchline is good point, Raphael. Good point. <laughs> but I think when when we're talking, when we're having our conversations, you and I, we we've always had natural conversations, and, and I think obviously we always have different points of view. And so we, I find anyway, we eventually get to a point in our conversations together where we nod and say good point, like, and there's like a little, mm-hmm. at least at least when you mentioned it to me, I kind of chuckled because I thought that's so much about our relationship. I don't do that with other artists. Oh, uh, okay. Friends, right? Like it's just me and you 
maybe you do it with everyone, but like I defer to you on that one because I have distinct memories of like meeting you in a diner next to the new museum or mm-hmm. having tea with you um, in the Lower East Side and like us having a conversation about probably about like some crazy show or some or something about Seinfeld and at the end you're like mm, yes good point <laughs> <laughs> good point I never saw it that way yeah 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 and then so the topic of S my attitude with SEO was always the less you follow the rules the better mm-hmm. uh, because everybody's following the rules so if everyone's tagging perfectly then you should do the opposite um, right right and, yeah, and, well, and with my websites I always chose to have the least possible information well let's talk about that so that's one thing maybe people know about you that you make websites uh, as an artist um, but yeah. people might not know that you're like the amount of traffic you generate is you know a kind of bigger than most uh, large companies that would like practice best best practice SEO yeah kind of, um, have like a whole team of people well, that, I, like, I, yeah I want to point out that uh, maybe the beginnings of the internet that the beginning of the internet you didn't have tags but it was all about linking things to each other and so if you had a homepage you would link to your friends mm-hmm. so the internet was all about linking documents that's basically the nature of the internet and then i thought to make websites that don't link to anything right so that was like they did link but you had like a website your like master website links to all the websites, yeah a homepage right? yeah but then mm-hmm. all the other pages don't I don't know how did it start for you the art on the internet well before we go there well I can uh, one question I have though before we get to me because yeah I'd, I'd love to get to me but um, is how the how you got how you got your first visitor because that's often I think oh just emailing what, it to people ah there you go right yeah. and actually that's another old technology like podcasts that's still if, if you I mean I'm sure you know this but in the industry like because I also work at a technology company yeah called FreshBooks I'll be totally honest um, and email is still like the primary way you engage an audience. <laughs> it's still like it well, has, it's it's a very uh, uh, platform independent medium. Yeah, it's like one of the only open source. You know, besides the internet itself, it's the only other one of the only open other protocol. open source protocols. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's that, that, and that's it's, something I want to talk about as well. I don't know if it would be in this podcast, but yeah, it's another topic for us to discuss. But like, yeah. they're all everyone's always trying to come up with the next channel. Or like you know the next media and there's still good old email, yeah, and email like just kind of like yeah, do whatever you want, you know. Well, plain text, sure, you know. When you think (laughs) about it, uh, no one goes online without a browser. You need a browser, and the other next step that you need is an email address. You can definitely surf the web without having an Instagram account, but you you can't do anything on the web without an email address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's the first thing, and you know Google. who just rebranded their like uh, enterprise product? This is a bit weird, but like Google Apps for Work, there is mm-hmm. this. It's the you know you can pay for Google. In fact, a lot of companies do, and it's called Google Apps for Work. They just rebranded as G Suite. That's a whole other conversation. Tech companies branding, but um, the funny thing about G Suite is that really it's the exact same thing you get with regular Google Apps, but with G Suite or the professional version. They give you your domain at you know an email address yeah. with a professional domain. That's yeah. it. So you're paying only for that. And how much do you pay for that? that? Uh, I can't remember the exact price. I think it's five dollars or ten dollars a month um, per user. Yeah, yeah, per seat, as they say. In that, yeah, in and that then you might have a company with two thousand people, so it adds yeah. up. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It definitely adds up. Like where I work, um, I so at FreshBooks, I'm a design director, and I use all kinds of like what they call SaaS products, which are like yeah cloud products, right? Uh, subscription service products. Um, in fact, FreshBooks is one. But you like sell seats, right? So like I have an Envision uh, contract. Envision's this prototyping software that all UX designers use, and mm-hmm. I spend like ten thousand dollars a year on this software. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it solves a problem and it, the other solution before was much more expensive uh like the other solutions were yeah they might be like two thousand dollars for the box of software right that you upgraded uh every other year but you had to buy like 10 boxes right for 10 people yeah. so they like the price hasn't changed but like they get you in like everyone started using it i remember in the office for free and then suddenly they're like, hey, uh, looks like, you know, you should really be on this enterprise account. I'm like, OK. And then suddenly it's $10,000. Yeah. You know, like, it, it makes me wonder, 10, all these companies that are using different tools now as a service, which means their data is on maybe on a competitor's uh, server. So mm-hmm. let's say that Google is looking into accounting software and, and entering that market. And you guys are on the Google apps. And they want to know where the, you guys are headed in terms of strategy in the future. They could read yeah. all your emails easily. Yeah, it's funny you say that, like because we've had that conversation at work a lot, and for a while it was sort of like not allowed. Like we weren't allowed to use cloud services. Mm-hmm. You can't um, use Dropbox. You can't use uh, Google. Well, spreadsheets. we do. We do now, but there was a period when, and we were like, well, we're one of those companies, right? Yeah. Um, and so, of course, like. Y- Everyone probably knows that their data, if it's in uh, in the cloud, it's the the people in that company can have access to that data in some way, even if it's yeah. encrypted or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we were nervous about that because you know we didn't want our competitors <laughs> to have access to it. Yeah. But it, you know, when the, that's like a great segue back to art, which is it's like, it's just like the artist to me that's afraid to share their like one great no, idea. I think this is different. I think this <laughs> why is, do you, why do you, I, I think you're European. I, it's like a privacy. Issue. No, no, no. It's not a private. It's a practical issue. So if you let's say that um, a really big acquisition, like let's say that Google wants to buy Snapchat, mm-hmm. but Snapchat is also talking to other people and they're bidding over email or over chat and they're using Google apps and they would know like, oh, actually the other one who is seemingly outbidding us is actually kind of broke. Mm-hmm. We looked at their spreadsheets. They don't have that funding. They're bluffing. That would right. be a killer advantage in a negotiation. Yeah, I think like, I don't know, maybe because I'm not a founder. Cause so, so I've met a few founders of startups. Yeah. And I've worked with a few of them. And I always find them a little bit crazy. Like, like they're, they are yeah, super Yeah, they don't paranoid. care about rules. They, they, yeah. they whatever then, it takes. I had a conversation with uh, a founder, and I won't name the name <laughs> recently. <laughs> and you know, they they were like, "Yeah, it's ridiculous. Actually, the competitor calls me up, and it says, you know, you can try to win, but we're gonna I, we're gonna just watch what you do, and as soon as you do it, I have a bigger team. We're gonna copy it. We're just gonna steal yeah, all your we're gonna crush you." Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna crush you. Then they're literally having these conversations. You're like, "What are they doing?" Like, what? so it's and a bit like a boxing match where they shout each other before the match. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I hope I, I don't think they're all this way, but I, I've definitely I've picked this up, and I think the stakes are pretty high sometimes. But I've been lucky not to be in that position, and I I do always think back though to that art world thing of like not having one idea. I always had this. But idea. do you think Damien Hurst and Jeff Koons call each other like, "I know what you're making." 
Exactly. I'm going to make it better. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, steep, that, that steel slab that yeah, it's two stories high. That's well, there is a, watch, watch what Anish, I'm going to do with Anish this Anish Kapoor has exclusive access to the super black pigment. He doesn't want anyone else to use it. Yeah, that's right. Well, and of course, like Eve Klein famously copyright, you know, had the copyright on mm-hmm. Eve Klein Bloom. It's also funny. Roy Lichtenstein was pretty strict on copyright when he was copying everything. Oh, really? Yeah. Like within that appropriative space. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. I copied it. You can't copy it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would be like a great like I don't know uh, update is just to start publish it like grossly republishing uh, artist artworks as a I guess that's what the internet has already done. That's what Sturtevant does the the artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always reminded of that Sherry. So Levine then, if, if you if you copy the copy, many layers of copy. Yeah. Echo, yeah. Echoes of the work. But maybe might... maybe I want to go back to SEO. If oh, that's yeah, okay. And we're, uh, get, and we're getting long on time. I just wanted to say, like, well, remember we were going to talk about we're, time. We're at 25 minutes now. <clears throat> oh, are we? Okay. Yeah, so it a, we've been talking on Skype before I hit record. Because so I think the average commute time in America, which is the average time of a podcast, is around, yeah, 30 to 40 minutes maximum. Okay. Cool. So the goal of, of our podcast is to do it once a month. Uh, so we'll probably have enough to talk about. Well, if, if we get, like, we should say this is our opportunity to, to put our audience in a call to, to, to put out a call to action. Yeah. <laughs> That's a marketing term. You but guys, really, listen up. <clears throat> listen, look, if you share this podcast <laughs> with one other friend, that's a viral factor that will increase, that our hockey stick of growth will be through the roof. But what will, if you did that, we would do it every week, wouldn't we? <laughs> well, I'm, I, let's just see how it goes. I think once a month know, would be I the know. minimum, and if there's a lot once to a talk about, would, once a week would be definitely a burden, right? I mean, I don't know. Could you handle that? Could you handle talking to me once a week? I think so. Yeah, and <laughs> but I think that realistically, the way we work is that we travel a lot, so we would have to record a few and then release them slowly while we travel. I'm thinking. I've been thinking about that. That we should let people know. You know, our system right now is we're just on a Skype call, um, and we have like a, a nice. We bought nice microphones, mm-hmm. um, and it's like. But we're basically just using uh, off-the-shelf software to try and do this for the first few times. So I, I could see doing that traveling. I could see being in. Yeah, but I don't know, want to travel with this heavy microphone. Really? <laughs> you, you're so you're living the dream. You have like a tennis bag or something when you. When no, you I'm actually quite a. I, I wish I was a light traveler, but I have a huge suitcase. I always have to bring running stuff, and then I have to mm-hmm. bring a suit and a bunch of shirts, and then I have to bring a rain jacket. And before <laughs> you know it, it's a big suitcase. Yeah. My dream for the future is that I just have like I I I don't have any bags. I just have a phone, and like I'm wearing some kind of clothing that yeah, is yeah, like yeah. self. I have the exact like- same dream. <laughs> no, but my dream it, my dream is that the the clothing technology will be so advanced that we just have an invisible layer. We can change to any color, and it protects you from any weather. Oh yeah! But really, you could be in the middle of a blizzard in the Arctic, and you just feel comfortable. You feel like you're in Hawaii. It sounds like a a wetsuit. Yeah, (laughs) but something very advanced where you could really dive, and and it's so protective that there's no need for buildings anymore. You can just sleep outside anywhere. Oh yeah! And then we can get rid of the idea of property uh, because everything's abundant. That sort of communist star trek future here's a question though i mean i'm gonna go with you on this because i like it i, I like where you're going. <laughs> if if that were the case if, so imagine these like sort of 
I'm imagining like hundreds of people in white leotards in a in mm-hmm. an open meadow. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and, but even in a blizzard, or like it's something visually stunning, right. but it, it's super cold. But you're comfortable. Okay, but the bottom line is, Raphael, would you still congregate with other people? Yeah. So you would still cluster. Like I imagine what you're describing is penguins in the Arctic. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, I always and found that animals are, are a lot more elegant in that they travel very light. They, they don't have anything with them. Right. Yeah. I mean, animals are fantastic. They figured it all out. You're right. Yeah. They're wearing their coat, which we then steal from them. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, that looks Thank cool you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, their home is, yeah, it's usually like a nest that's, you know, but it, it, it might just be some grass. I actually, yeah, I don't. I, 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 I remember camping on an island off of California and we were there for yeah. two days. We were, and th- there was no shower or anything. It was a very small island. And we were so dirty after like four hours, just completely covered in dust. And after two days, we just looked like, I don't know, a complete mess, completely covered in dust and dirt. And you really need a shower. And all the animals there look so, all these white seagulls that look perfectly clean. Well, I I don't know if you've noticed is they're doing two things most of the time, looking for food and grooming themselves, right? Or grooming each other. And it's a full-time job. I mean, I think if I spent all day picking at my skin. I wonder I would, though if humans uh, if, we ever if, if humans naturally have dreadlocks if they just never shower or if they naturally look like Pocahontas. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't know. I I I don't really want to find out though. I'm I'm pretty <laughs> I'm fine with the Yeah, but we're very dependent on the uh, showers. Yeah, society well, would my, my, be very different without showers. Yeah, we're we're pretty far from topic, but I can say like my father was British, and so growing up, you know, he he believed he grew up in the fifties, like, and it was like water was kind of constrained. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Netherlands like is like one that too. one shower a week was like, hey, you're really pushing it there. That's a lot of. Let me let me let me turn it up. And my my dad came from a family of sixteen children on a farm. Oh wow! And they would have a bath once a week. But the bath water, they would just fill up the tub once, and the cleanest kid would go in first. <laughs> the dirtiest kid had to go in last. And every three, four kids, they would throw in another bucket of hot water. But yeah. You know what's so, crazy about that is I did that when I was a kid, because in my family, that was sort of... You wouldn't waste was, the water, yeah. Yeah, we didn't want to waste the water. And I th- actually, it's funny, because you're living in America now, and I, it's not, I don't want to be disparaging towards Americans, but... Um, <laughs> I don't want to be I unfriendly think, to our audience, but you guys really are terrible. No, but I think it's like um, when you... W- there's so much resource and so much, you know, uh, there's so little constraint, right? Mm-hmm. To, even to American ideology, right? Like you can you can say whatever you want. I often have an argument with Kristen because we have hate crime laws in Canada and Mm-mm-mm. she's like, well, free st- freedom of, of speech is still really important. It's above all else. Yeah, like, but freedom above all else, right? Um, and I think, you know, that extends all the way down to, like, I'm going to have a goddamn shower whenever I please, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's also yeah. that it's, uh, the population density is lower, so it feels like, oh, there's all this space. And I can, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if it affects other things, like whether it affects internet usage or whether it affects, like... I think so mobile phone usage like well, why it, it, if america it, is still that early adopter audience because they're like that's new i w- and i want it and i'm going to use it as much as i want kind yeah of well unlimited texting was here earlier than in europe 
Oh, really? Things like that. It's like, okay, I want the unlimited. I'll pay a little more, but I just want to not worry about it. And yet internet uh, like speeds in the United States and access is like apparently really, really low, like uh, mm-hmm. compar- it, comparatively speaking. It, 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 I mean, we can talk about any topic, I guess. But yeah, we can. <laughs> we should get back on topic. Yeah, um, because I can do a whole episode about American internet connection, being a foreigner and being uh, <laughs> appalled. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I wanted to talk about the when we started the podcast, basically, I thought, well, this is really just for the fun of it, and I don't expect any uh, reward. Yeah. Because I don't expect a lot of art audience to even listen to podcasts or even know what a podcast is, because art audience is always so behind technologically. Now you're blaming your audience. Don't do that. Well, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, but but uh, so I'm just not expecting anything. And then yeah. you mentioned, oh, maybe we should think about tags and SEO and all that stuff. And then I was thinking about how actually museums do a lot of outreach online and want to have more visitors, and that it's actually detrimental to the museum experience. That museums are way too busy now to actually, if you think of of art as sort of as a, a church visit for atheists, mm-hmm. a museum. Do you want that church to be completely packed, or do you want it more to be like a an empty space where you can think? So you're saying like there's like there's way too many people when you go to the museum. Like it's become. Oh uh, yeah, I mean if you go to the MoMA and I mean art, a lot of it is these uh, objects that people worked on for about a year and put a lot of thought into and then you can only see it for a few seconds because it's so busy mm-hmm. but I mean I, I mean that's a definitely a New York thing I would say no it, no that's <clears throat> but I mean, I mean it, it's, maybe it's, it's a major city thing it's a major city yeah the, so yeah it's definitely a major city thing I would say if you went to like uh, a museum here in Toronto it would only be busy on like the day that they offer free tickets which is like Wednesday mm-hmm. <laughs> it would yeah. also maybe be busy on like uh, on a first Thursday opening night or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it, it, it maybe also go. It's just that I'm. What I'm saying is that success of a of a city or of a museum or of anything is kind of detrimental to the experience. Oh yeah. So no, yeah, that's a good point. Even even uh, Amsterdam is not that big of a city, but has a lot of tourists. So the the museum is really packed. And then there's this one national holiday where. Uh, everybody goes outside and gets drunk and the museum was open that day and I went to the state like and then I could really there was no one there so it was really enjoyable Mm. and what I mean is that art is different from other things of course a a, a soccer match is more fun if the if the stadium is packed like an empty soccer stadium is kind of sad yeah Um, but I think museums function way better when they're empty yeah I mean it's an intimate kind of experience and I think but that goes back to what you said about having a show where only one person came that might have actually enhanced the experience no I mean that's definitely what I was talking about I mean and the best shows are the ones where there's someone you know that I've ever had is where there's like a couple people that I really care about that come like I can remember uh, performing in the Netherlands a, a, a couple years ago and I finished my performance and someone ran down from the audience um, and I didn't recognize them at first, but it was Joan from Jody. Ah, yeah, yeah. And she gave me a big hug and said that was marvelous. Yeah. And yeah. basically, at that point, you know, the hundred or so people that were there completely disappeared, right? Like, and 
and not you know it, it's not that they weren't important but she was it was just so important to hear that yeah. from one of my heroes you know mm -hmm. and it just felt like but you do know, you feel like good. that that experience uh if the exact same performance was in front of a crowd of a hundred thousand and she would have still run up to you afterwards Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting question. But you know, they, I've I've heard interviews with people with comedians and performers who talk about this culture of the backstage, um, like especially in theater. Like, if the, if a, if someone's in the audience, it's a celebrity. They go backstage and they thank them mm -hmm. uh, for like they tell them what a great show it was after the performance. <clears throat> and so that happens in that culture already. We just don't know about it because we don't have access <laughs> to the backstage. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that ritual exists for precisely this reason, which is like what we really crave as um, artists is that intimacy with our, not only with our peers, but with people who really, really do care about it. Yeah. Um, the, with nerds, right? I would say like. The, with, with people who are deep into the material. Yeah. Yeah. Who are like heavy into that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think for one person, if there's one person on the other end of this that uh, you know uh, is really, really would, is really getting something out of it, or even wanted to like contribute at some point, that's kind of like more valuable than yeah. a million people for sure. I think podcasts are a little bit like uh, they're not really to change someone's mind or open. So it's it's more just like a, like a fireplace that's just uh, like this comfortable warmth. Yeah, I was thinking about that uh, when I was talking. I mentioned earlier, I, I got a chance to talk to Roman Mars, who has this like huge podcast called 99% yeah. Invisible. And I heard his voice on the phone. I was talking to him on the phone, not in person. And so I was having a conversation with him and I was like, oh my God, it's like I'm talking to someone who I had this really intimate experience with. He's been talking in my ear. I often go to bed listening to him. And, <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm talking to him about, I don't know, pedantic stuff, but it, it's the same voice and it feels like we've had a relationship for, you yeah. know, it's like kind of romantic. Actually. So it, it's his voice. It's not the mic. Yeah. It's just the relationship that you build up, you know, with your media or yeah. with, you know, with, with the people who are telling stories, with the people who are making things um, that you respond to. I think we have this illusion that we don't respond to, you know, I think, Unfortunately, I think of my body almost like a computer I have for my whole life, like some kind of input output device uh, for better or for worse. And like, but the like Roman Mars is like a keyboard in, and, uh, and, and maybe Raphael Rosendahl is like a mouse. Mm. And the things that I, I often feel like I don't have a choice about what I make as an, as an artist, which sounds really weird. But some other artists say this as well. Like I felt like I, I didn't have a choice whether I made this. I just had to make it. And yeah. so, and I'm really interested in that tension about how much of the stuff that I make is actually my idea or actually, or is it created collectively um, because I'm responding to all these amazing uh, mice and keyboards <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. they keep getting better and better. But yeah, so if you were a singer and you just, you're an opera singer or something, you wouldn't feel that way. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not part of that world. Maybe there's like some really amazing stuff happening in opera right now. But you certainly have the history of opera to respond to as yeah. an input device. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we all know the the artist or the performer or someone who hasn't done any input, right? They just like, they went, they, they're just trying to be the next Smash Mouth or something like that, right? <laughs> And so, like, they've got a really crummy, like, Logitech keyboard or something like that in my head. Or they've got, like, they've got that iMac mouse that was a, a circle that you didn't know which way to hold it. And they're happy and so, with it. 
Yeah, and they're happy with that, and they and they make terrible music as a result. Oh, you're so judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember I had a friend uh, when I was, you know, starting out, and she was trying to become a pop star, mm-hmm. and she was just trying to do it by the pop star rules, right? Yeah, and we kind of probably all know this person, right? There's artists like this too, and mm-hmm. they're like, I'm going to be the next Jeff Koons, and they start out by being like making the Jeff. I'm gonna. I'm investigating this new process, and I'm talking to this manufacturer, and they're spending like a hundred thousand dollars on their first sculpture. And you're like, man, why are you doing this? It's t- and and the result is terrible, and you're cringing inside. Do you actually because- know people who who tried that and overspent For on sure. their first show? For sure, and certainly okay. when you're in school, there's that like really ambitious entrepreneurial student. I don't not know. Not in the Netherlands. <laughs> not in Netherlands. <laughs> no. In Canada, there is definitely those people. Okay. And they want they just want to blow it all in the first big bang, kind of yeah, thing. and yeah, it never yeah. works, right? Like everything starts small. Everything starts as a sketch. Or yeah, and it's a stumbling. Yeah, I, I like they always want to do this in movies and documentaries. It's like, yeah, it was just four guys in a room. And then it was just the moment, and then it was it, and then it was everything. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's always this, like, yeah, we believe in this myth of like the, that of a, of an epiphany, right? And everything locks into place. But more often than not, at least, if my career was was ever going to be a success, which it isn't, it would be. I feel like I'm gonna. It's gonna happen as like this slow build over time, and you know. Yeah, hopefully. I'm hopeful. Yeah, hopefully. But that doesn't I mean, make for good movies. <laughs> no, no, it'd be very long. No, like a movie that is like, yeah, I worked really hard and it was really slow, but about when I reached age 80, it started paying off. And But then yeah. you have to go through 79 years of just like waking up, uh, looking at your emails, then making some work, <laughs> recompressing the video. Okay, that looks good. Then starting a podcast, there's not that much audience, starting a podcast with someone else, then writing a book. And it, it's very slow. So if we were to wrap this up, because I know we're coming up on time. We're at forty-one minutes fifty-seven seconds. That's almost perfect. We're almost. Yeah. In, we're in the we're in the sweet spot. It, you know, like looking back on our own careers, like you could probably tell your career in a story that's like there's like five bullet points. You know, then this happened, then that happened. So we kind no. of we erase the details though a lot of times in our own heads. I think. I don't. I don't really feel don't like there's. Do? I don't feel like there was a key moment. Like, oh, I won this award, and then uh, this happened. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that, that's true for me as well. Like, it, it'll be like I, every day I get I I meet a new, a new, someone new that I end up connecting with on their work on my work, and then the next day I meet one other person. I would say every day, I meet someone. Every week I do something. And I'm never sure if it's going to add up to anything. And one thing mm-hmm. I always like to think, though, is that it'll add up to like this great movie that we're telling we're telling people, you know, is not like a reality. But like, if you were to, if there's maybe a few highlights within that that yeah. someone will find someday. But I like I like the idea of a movie that is just every day is waking up and then making some tea and then checking email <laughs> and then yeah. trying to make a new work, but it's not really working. Okay. Next day, good point. yeah, good wake point. up at the same tea. Oh, today it's yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. No, it's not really good. Oh, never mind. And then again, yeah. next day, yeah, this is nice. And it, 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 I always also would you put Bill Murray in the lead role? Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Schwarzenegger. Like, yeah, right. I think yes. Schwarzenegger. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Total contrast. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, I always think that things are my work is the way it is because of the internet but i feel like the internet is very much about 
iterations and slow evolution and just uh, trying and trying. So uh, it's not yeah, about like, oh, I'm, I'm once every two years I make a big show and hope that the newspapers catch on. No, you're absolutely right. And that's kind of like the aesthetic that, you know, it, because it's so easy to put stuff up, right? Mm -hmm. um, and but things disappear so quickly, too. I remember. No, early that's not on, true. Well, they, they, there's so-called evergreen content or like stuff that people come back to. But there's like there's probably like a million things that you've forgotten about that you saw online. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. That's like true, if I yeah. if I asked you to 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 figure out, you know, what are the hundred uh, top Internet art projects from 1990 to 2000? Mm -hmm. uh, you would probably, you know, know about 10 of them. Yeah. And you'd have to do a lot of work to figure out the ne the other the next 90. Yeah. But someone in that era, because um, there was a lot of amazing work, you know, I wasn't around to experience it, but people have Yeah, or CD-ROMs. Yeah, that whole, yeah, there's a whole, there's a, there was a huge culture actually, yeah, around artist CD-ROMs that people don't know about. Yeah, and, that, that, and, and that artist screensavers. <clears throat> yeah, I remember you wanted, we, did we talk about doing a screensaver show? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. It's going to be. Oh, you're uh, still working on it, right. It's going to be in January in Rotterdam. Oh, awesome. Yeah. 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 So screensavers. But like for me, I come from a video art background and that was like cassette tapes uh, when I started mm -hmm. out and I have a video distributor. I still work with them, but they have like bless them, I guess they have like a, a like a their office is just full of tapes from floor to ceiling. But most of these tapes are maybe never seen. You know, they're yeah. just kind of sitting there. Well, same uh, for a lot of paintings in, in uh, people's storage facilities. Yeah, but I don't think it's sad though because I think that you know it's it, it it's it doesn't really matter that anyone sees it again if we go back to mm -hmm. it being about you know just the act leading to the next thing and building on that and building on that and iterating and it's fine if like 10 of those things are great um uh after 10 years, right? Uh, maybe only one of them ends up out of millions of people working ends up being really amazing. That's still fine. All, none of those careers were were sad or or hopeless. They are all really they they all probably had a great time doing it, um, and they <laughs> so probably positive. have like a core group of fans. Well, I don't know. Like my mentor early on was like an artist no one's ever heard of, but was mm -hmm. really famous in my local Toronto area and had like a huge impact on. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy Colin Campbell, and he did yeah, like yeah. art world criticism, but always in drag. He had like ten drag characters, and they're hilarious. Mm. I'm looking; I have his like DVD on my bookshelf next to me right now. And actually, I've never even watched the DVD. You know, I've seen every one of his works once, but I've never gone and rewatched them. But but maybe uh, what what I think so for me, the podcast or any anything we do, it's not about how many people listen, but that at least it's accessible if someone would care. So it would be nice if that person you talk about if those videos were accessible yeah yeah for sure like that's the power of the internet right like we're gonna get down to it <clears throat> the num you know the bottom line is if, if if people can have access to it and it's freely available and we can reach new people and pull them into this what i consider pretty awesome universe that's my positive <laughs> angle i you know I, I think sometimes we're both cranky but at the end of the day it's really kind of there's a lot of amazing stuff going on so much that we can't stop talking hmm. Um, and then maybe they can't stop talking and then everyone's talking. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be like a hundred thousand people in white leotards in the Antarctic huddling together. <laughs> <laughs> That's the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I calculated one time if you would cover all the, if you would spread out all humans across the surface of the earth, 
as far away from each other as possible, then there's 64 meters between each person if they're divided over the land of the earth. Wow. Yeah. That, and like a per, it would be like a perfect uh, networked representation yeah, a of grid. humanity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also really dystopian and <laughs> <laughs> this is MySpace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'd be swearing at each other, each of them yeah. like, Fuck you. Wait, you're at sixty three and a half meters. Get out of my <laughs> Where's Kevin Bacon? He's seven people over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every, all, at all times. <laughs> okay, so we're at forty eight minutes now. We're already over time, so let's okay. wrap it up first episode yeah, this was fun yeah thanks Raphael. thanks for uh, prompting this this was your idea i'm gonna give you credit um okay thank you yeah <laughs> i can't remember that. whose idea it was but i'm not sure it doesn't matter okay it doesn't yeah. matter and that's a great collaborative spirit so okay um dear listeners Good Good thank point. you for listening yeah thank you thank you our amazing audience and we'll Hopefully be back we in the next episode yeah okay okay Bye-bye. see you soon thanks bye, bye.